Benson, and this is Light On, Light Through, episode 35, TV predictions for May 2007. Oh yeah, we're at the end of our 2006-2007 television season, and it turns out that this week, Coming up, there'll be finales to three of my favorite shows on television, which also happen to be, because I have such unerring tastes, three of the best shows on television as well. So right now in this episode of Light on Light Through, I'm going to give you my predictions for what I think each of these shows will be bringing us in their finale episodes. And I'm going to say some things here that you won't find in any of my blogs. So let's get right to it. 24 will be ending with a two-hour episode this Monday. And just to give you a tiny bit of background, Jack Bowers had a tough year of it. His father, Philip Bauer, turns out to be a pretty bad guy. At the very least, he killed Jack's brother. But on the other hand, Graham Bauer is also a bad guy. Now, at the end of the last episode, it looked as if Philip Bauer was trying to pressure the acting president, or actually the vice president, Vice President Daniels, who is acting as president, to get custody of Jack Bauer's nephew, Josh. And in a very poignant part of that last episode, we see Doyle, who also works at CTU, taking Josh Bauer in a helicopter over... Jack Bauer's strenuous objection. And, of course, Jack Bauer is restrained. He wouldn't have let that happen. All right, here are my predictions for what I think is going to happen. First of all, I have a feeling that Philip Bauer is not as bad as we might think he is. He's done some bad things, but so far, all that we've seen him do that's really bad is kill Jack's brother, who, as I mentioned, is bad himself. And in fact, Philip Bauer did have the chance to kill Jack Bauer and did not. So I think we might be surprised that somehow Philip Bauer may in the end turn out to be uh, maybe not a complete good guy, but more of a good guy than we expected. There's also a romantic issue at stake here. It looks like Jack is attracted to his sister-in-law, Marilyn, but uh, Jack still protested to Audrey that he loves her. Uh, In a recent episode, Secretary Heller, former Secretary Heller, played by William Devane, told Jack to stay out of Audrey's life. Well, here's what I think is going to happen. I think Jack and Audrey are... Finished. That's right. I think we're going to see Jack get together with his sister-in-law. All right, so I'll be watching this Monday night. I'm sure some of you will, too. Let me know if my predictions turned out to be right or wrong. And by the way, I have no inside information about any of these shows. I'm just a TV viewer like all of you, and this is just what I am concluding is the case. I didn't see any scripts, and believe me, the producers don't talk to me (laughs) or give me any information. All right. 
next show, which will be on actually at the same time uh, as 24 and its two-hour finale on Monday night, there will also be a finale of Heroes, which will be on for an hour uh, from 9 to 10 on Monday night. I'm not going to tell you which of the two I'll be watching. Obviously, one I'm going to be watching in real time, the other I'm going to TiVo. So I won't tell you which. You can maybe figure it out if you see which review comes up first. Anyway, for those of you who've been watching Heroes, a really great show, by the way. There are lots of things at stake. Will the heroes manage to stop the exploding man who wants to blow up New York? And it looks like it's going to be Sylar at this point, because in the last show, Sylar did absorb Ted's radioactive powers. But even more than that, there's a really important question. Who is going to survive? The show has made it clear that uh, some of these heroes can die. As I mentioned, Ted just died in the last show. Uh, Linderman died in the last show. So I think it's clear that not all of our favorite heroes are going to survive uh, this last episode of this season of Heroes. And here are my predictions for who will not survive, much as I hate to see them go. I think Peter Petrelli will not survive. I think Nathan Petrelli will. And I hate to say it, I think Matt Parkman won't survive either, the telepathic cop. I just have a feeling that he's not going to make it. But I'm sure that Hero will survive. And they've been making a point that Ando, in one of the futures, in fact, in the future show, which showed what would have happened five years from now if the bomb does go off, they made the point that Ando didn't survive. I think Ando will survive. So let's see if I'm right. And again, tell me uh, and let me know whether uh, my predictions, I'll know whether my predictions <laughs> were right or not. But you can certainly send me some email and say, hey, Levinson, you were wrong. All right. Now there's another show that is going to have a two-hour finale, like 24. But this will be this Wednesday night. And this show, of course, is Lost. Lost has had a very interesting three years now on ABC. It started out the first year a real ball of fire. It was really like no other show on television. It had so many complicating factors, it was sometimes hard to tell what was going on. And this was actually a very good thing at first because people would talk about it all night on the web. There'd be various sites set up to explore this and that little possibility. Not so the second year, where, in the opinion of a lot of people, including me, the show began to wander a little bit. It, it lost some of its focus. I wrote a, an essay about halfway through the second year called Lost, Keys to What's Really Going On. And by the way, you can read that essay anytime. It's at paullevinson.blogspot.com. And in that essay, I argue that the fundamental path of realizing what is happening in Lost are the inexplicable coincidences that we see in the backstories of the characters. You know what I'm talking about, Jack and Desmond meeting on the steps of the stadium before they even uh, meet on the island. 
uh, Kate's father running into Saeed in Iraq. Just in the last episode, we see Charlie in England uh, saving Nadia, Saeed's true love, from a mugger. Now, there's just no way in any ordinary universe that these interactions could have occurred among people who later would all wind up on the same doomed plane. That's just not possible. So sooner or later, we're going to find out some of these things. I don't think we're going to find out a lot in the finale, but here is my prediction. And it's not a prediction about which characters will leave the island or anything like that. It's a different kind of prediction. It's sort of a meta-prediction. That is, it's a prediction about the overall show. I think that we're seeing pretty much the last of the flashbacks as a narrative technique in Lost. We may still see an occasional flashback once in a while, but I think that we're going to see on the last show a few of the characters at least get off the island. And then we're going to see next year in season four, which won't begin until 2008, we'll see life on the island for the characters who remain. And we'll see what's going on off the island in the present, not in flashback time, among those characters who got off the island. And, oh, one other thing about Lost. Remember Michael and Walt? They got off the island last year? Well, I have a feeling we're going to see, I'm not sure about Walt, but we're going to see Michael in this finale. I don't know how, but he's going to walk in and do something very, very significant. So I'll be watching Lost as well. And uh, let me know what you think of the finale. You know, there are so many possibilities that I'm sure that even if my predictions are correct, there'll be many, many other things that will be happening as well. And uh, by all means, email me at uh, paullevinson at lightonlightthrough.com. Let me know what predictions you have. If you want to get them to me before the finales, I'll be happy to mention anyone's name on the next podcast, on next week's Light on Light Through, who gets any prediction right. So if you can email me prediction of lost and I get it before next Wednesday and you're right, hey, I'll mention your name on the show next week. The Light on Light Through podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no ease dot com. And now a word from our new sponsor, Go to My PC. Communication theorists know that there are two kinds of information that we need to thrive in this world. One kind of information comes from the mass media, newspapers, radio, television. The other is information that we ourselves may create or write. Now, you can get the information on radio and television and the Internet just about anywhere. So what do you do when you have some very valuable information that's on your home computer and you're out there traveling somewhere, maybe across town, across the country? Use GoToMyPC and you'll discover the power and freedom of the web. Try it free right now for 30 days with unlimited access. For this special offer, just visit GoToMyPC.com forward slash podcast. That's go to mypc.com forward slash podcast. You are listening to a Runaway Network podcast from Runaway Network. <laughs>
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. Yes, indeed, and the LightOnLightThrough.com podcast is now proud to be part of two networks, the Blueberry Network, which is sweet, and the Runaway Network, which is very edgy. And in fact, you'll find a lot of sweet and edgy stuff in the LightOnLightThrough.com podcast. And Off Flashes once again this week is about politics, and in particular the second Republican presidential debate that took place on Fox earlier this past week. Now, what I'm concerned about is not the debate itself, but the way that Fox News reported the poll that it took after the debate, which was designed to get some kind of public reading on who won the debate. And once again, the poll found Ron Paul did very well in the debate, and once again, Fox News, just as ABC.com and MSNBC a few weeks earlier did, denigrated the results of its own poll by saying that, well, even though Ron Paul did so well, that was probably because the way that people reported their preferences was they texted those preferences. That is, they used their cell phones to text in who they thought won the debate. Well, why did Fox use texting in the first place if they were going to downgrade the results of their very own poll? Nobody forced them to use texting. Surely Fox News knew what most people recognize about texting, which is that it's used much more often by people in their teens and 20s than it is by people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. Actually, I text from time to time. I'm a lot older than 20, but I'm one of those sparkling exceptions. But seriously, why conduct a poll only to gainsay the results of that poll simply because you are surprised by the results of the poll. It just makes no sense. I guarantee you that if Rudolph Giuliani or John McCain did extremely well in the results of the poll, Fox News wouldn't have said anything. So why critique a poll simply because you get an unexpected result? Either Fox News isn't very savvy about texting, but what I really suspect is they were just uncomfortable with the results of the poll because it didn't satisfy their preconceived agenda. Hey, that's no way to conduct a poll. Now, one other thing I just want to mention about Fox News, not a criticism of Fox News, actually a criticism of the Democratic Party. You may have noticed there have been two debates now that the Republican presidential candidates have put on for the American people. And the Democrats, in contrast, have only done one debate. That's because the Democrats said no to Fox's offer to do a debate of the Democratic presidential candidates on Fox News. 
I don't blame the Democratic Party for being upset with Fox News. Fox is indeed very biased towards the Republicans. But who's being hurt by the Democratic presidential contenders not doing a debate? And so for the past week, everyone's been talking about the Republicans. The Democrats haven't gotten that much publicity. That's not a good idea. So here's my advice to the Democratic Party. Get down from your high horse. And next time, don't take it out on the American people. Don't hurt yourself and refuse to go on television. Take every debate opportunity that you are given. That is in accord with the American people getting as much information as possible on all of the presidential candidates. So that's my two cents on this. And that's the sweet music of our promo suite. A lot sweeter than politics, isn't it? That means we're coming to the end of this episode of Light On, Light Through. But coming up, you'll hear a great promo for Mike Thinks. MikeThinks.com, the savviest podcast in town. Go over and take a listen. You'll definitely enjoy it. And you'll hear a promo suite for Sean Farrell's patio book of my first novel, The Silk Code. I just spoke to Sean the other day. I think there are only two more weeks of episodes coming. And then after that, there'll be a special concluding episode of Sean's patio book in which he interviews me. We've already done the interview. It's a great interview. You'll enjoy it. And you'll also hear a promo for the Punk Horror Podcast as well. So listen, it's been great talking to you. I hope you enjoy those TV finales. I look forward to talking to you next time. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy. the Mike Thinks Podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks Podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com. The Locus Award-winning novel by Paul Levinson comes to life in this free podcast novel. Journey into the ancient world. Witness the wonder of ages past and join Phil D'Amato in a struggle against forces both ruthless and unseen. Visit www.thesilkcode.blogspot.com to learn more about the author and the novel. And subscribe today at patiobooks.com. Join the battle, witness the wonder, or forever be victim to the awe and power of the Silk Code. Phil D'Amato is ready. Are you? Punk Horror Podcast, coming to you every other week from Punk Horror Press. 
featuring The Punk and the Pastor, a movie review show featuring Gabriel Giannis and Stacey Campbell, and author Red Fiction, featuring the best in horror and punk fiction. Don't miss it. Subscribe now at www.punkhorror.com.